0: Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. For many in Northumberland, Peterborough South, the name Alison Lester may not ring a bell. She runs a successful law practice in Coburg. She was born and raised in the area. She grew up and went to school locally, and like so many other young people, she went off to university, took up a profession, and worked in Toronto. But soon, Northumberland began to call her home. So she left the big city and returned. She got married, started a family, and became active in the community. A few years ago, at a social event, she spoke with Kim Rudd, who was the sitting MP at the time. Lester mentioned an interest in seeking political office. A few conversations took place between Lester, Rudd, and others. And then earlier this year, when Rudd decided not to run in the election, Lester was ready to step in. This interview is a chance to learn a bit more about Lester, her views, her background, and what she hopes to do as a newly minted politician. Here is my interview with Alison Lester, the newly selected federal liberal candidate for Northumberland-Peterborough South. I'm so pleased to have with me today Alison Lester, the federal liberal candidate for Northumberland-Peterborough-South. She will be running to unseat Conservative MP Philip Lawrence in the next federal election. Welcome to Consider This. Thank you for having me. Why did you decide to become the federal liberal candidate for Northumberland-Peterborough-South?
1: Well, when I first began to entertain the idea of running... I thought long and hard about why I wanted to do it. Um, I was really feeling drawn to the idea. Uh, I obviously did a lot of soul-searching, and I realized that the reason it felt right for me is that the job is really a good match with my particular skill set. It speaks to my desire to work hands-on in the community, um, and it also appeals to my the problem solver in me. My job as a lawyer, I work every day to solve people's problems, whether it's shepherding a community group like Habitat for Humanity, helping farmers with succession planning. It's all similar work that this job would entail, but of course on a broader scale. Um, and I think that's why why it appealed to me. In terms of the Liberal Party itself, I've been a lifelong Liberal voter, and um, when it came to deciding whether or not I wanted to pursue higher office, I knew for sure that it would be under the banner that most aligned with my own views. Um, which, of course, is uh, the importance of equality, working towards the greater good, etc.
0: What makes you well-suited to be the candidate?
1: Well, I think it goes back to what I was just talking about, which is, again, uh, my experience in my professional life working as a problem solver for people. Um, Also, of course, as a lawyer, I was trained first and foremost to be an advocate. Um, and I have advocated in the information technology field, in the pharmaceutical field, in criminal law. I have a broad range of experience in that respect. And so the job, of course, um, as a member of parliament is advocating on behalf on behalf of the uh, municipality and the, the members of the riding. And so I feel that I uh, have that specific training that would help me in that regard. I also have want to call it an inner drive to challenge myself to do more and I, this is what I want to bring to bear to this riding is I've, I'm perpetually pushing myself to do something more with my skills and, and at this point in life the stars aligned for me to have this opportunity to do that for this riding and uh, certainly advocating on behalf of the constituents here and in fact for all Canadians would be uh, the goal of this role.
0: Now, when was the nomination meeting held?
1: So in this particular case, there was not a nomination meeting. Um, I was acclaimed into the role. And I think uh, there's, of course, a provincial nomination happening right now in the li- for the Liberals. And it's a little bit of a different situation that happened in my case. Um, I've been interested in running for a couple of years. I'd had a conversation with Kim Rudd a while back and sort of said to her, you know, you ever think of stepping down, I, I might be interested. And we had talked about it on and off over the years. Um, of course, uh, Kim uh, sadly decided she wouldn't be running this year. She knew that I was interested in the role, so she advised me uh, that she wouldn't be running. I submitted my paperwork, and uh, I was acclaimed, as there were no other candidates who put their name forward while the window was open.
0: Usually, when there is a nomination process, this helps candidates in many ways. It's an opportunity to get new members. It generates excitement around the candidates. uh, And and it's a bit of a proving ground uh, for the winner. Do you feel you lost some of those things by being acclaimed?
1: It's an interesting question. Um, And I think one of the reasons uh, that it was done this way, of course, is because of the minority government. So there's a a chance that we could have an election at any moment. So um, we didn't have the opportunity. There just wasn't time, really, I think, to to go through that process. or there was a concern about getting people uh, in line. In terms of um, getting my name out to members of the riding, certainly, um, yes, I, I haven't had that lead up that I might otherwise have had. I'm a lifelong member of this community. So certainly I think in at least the Coburg and Port Hope area, uh, there is some familiarity with, with me and my uh, who I am. My grandparents are from this area or lived in this area. and My father was born and raised here. So th- I have a, a head start in that respect, but uh, I'll have some work to do
0: to, to get to know members of the riding in other areas, for sure. The way you were talking, it made it sound like an election is imminent. Is that the case? Certainly, that
1: is not the message that has been conveyed. Um, I have, uh, I, ha- I am in the dark as to when an election might happen, and there's been no messaging from the Liberal Party that that is their intention at all. I think at this point, uh, they're focused on battling COVID-19 and putting all of the government's resources into uh, managing that crisis. I don't think there's a desire, uh, on anyone's part at this point to be focused on an election.
0: What issues do you see as most pressing for the writing? So that's a great question. Thanks for asking. Um, for me,
1: I want to make sure that, uh, I, I, when, if I have the honor of being elected, that I would play a key role as an economic driver. um, The collective communities that make up Northumberland, Peterborough, South are in many ways at a crucial crossroads. I feel that we're still recovering from large-scale manufacturers that have left entirely or laid off mightily over the last uh, many years. And I'd like to continue the work of previous Liberal members, uh, both federally and provincially, who came before me to try and pivot to an economy based on innovative thinking. as well as, as innovations. I think of course, that's in a broader scheme, we also have to focus on on simply getting people back to work and, and back in business after COVID-19. Certainly, that's a, a, the number one priority for the Liberal Party is uh, COVID
0: recovery. The words innovation and, and uh, those types of terms, when they're used in talking about the economy, Um, are often buzzwords. Can you be more specific about what you mean and and give us some examples of the kinds of things you're thinking about? Well, I think a great example in
1: Coburg is the Venture 13 facility, um, which was opened uh, several years ago, really designed to encourage new ideas and have uh, folks using 3D printers and really transferring into uh, new ways of thinking and designing products that aren't as rooted, perhaps, in the uh, former industrial uh, type of facilities that you saw in this area. Um, of course, uh, moving to a to green economy is also um, a foremost uh, notion for the Liberal Party at this point, for everybody, in fact. I think you'll see in the budget there was a lot of attention on how to encourage investment in green technologies, and I'm hoping that uh, I can advocate on behalf of this writing to bring some of those opportunities this
0: Okay, here we go. So you mentioned that there are a number of issues that should be coming back to the fore. What are some of those issues? Can you give us some examples? Well, I think the best
1: example that I can think of is the issue of child care. So as we know, uh, this was a big uh, item in the 2021 budget that was recently released, and it's one of those issues that's been floating around for many years and has uh, finally reached its moment, and I think the reason that we got there is because during the pandemic we saw uh, the female workforce in particular was uh, having to uh, withdraw from work, and it was a real issue that was addressed and and finally the federal government said this is not good this is an economic policy we need to have uh, a strong child care uh, program in place and so there is certainly lots of money set aside in the budget to make this happen and i like to think this of this is one of the legacies of covid 19 and in a way it's a silver lining the fact that it caused us finally to realize that uh, we can't have a prosperous economy if we only have half of the workforce that are available to work. We need to have uh, child care available. And I'm really proud of the federal government for taking the stand and to put this in here. And
0: it's, it's time to make that a, a given across Canada. The closing of the international borders has now been hotly contested in many corners. Many, including the Ontario Premier, are critical of the ability of people to travel in and out of the country, both by air and by land, and then there are others who argue that the travel restrictions have been too tight. Where do you stand on this?
1: So I think this is one of those ones where it's easy to be an armchair expert, and it's easy to look with hindsight at decisions that were made and to to judge them. Um, I think the federal, federal government, in consultation with leading science and medical experts, made the correct strategic decisions along the way. Um, I support the decisions that were made by the government on this issue. And um, again, I, I'm not going to criticize them at this point because uh, they did—they made the best decisions they could with the information that they had at the time, and they continue to do
0: so. Has the federal government done enough to support the local economy? I know that there's been a lot of money sort of flowing down, and we've heard a lot of announcement. But has it been enough, and has it been strategically correct to Prop up the areas that need help most. Absolutely, I think, in fact,
1: it was the it was the only option, and uh, I, I think that they acted very quickly and they made funds available uh, to people without having to go through a lot of red tape and having to, uh, you know, make applications. I, I was listening a lot to the debate over paid sick leave, and one of the big criticism was that. Yeah. Okay. You, if you, if you get paid sick leave, but you have to uh, apply after the fact, and you have to go through a bunch of paperwork to get it. It's really, it's not of use to anybody. So again, I'm proud of the federal government. They stepped in. They said, "Here's what needs to happen," and they did it very quickly. We know that governments are not known for being able to to do anything quickly, and yet they did in this case. They reacted uh, swiftly, and in my view, uh,
0: certainly very appropriately. Agriculture is a major industry in Northumberland, Peterborough South. I've spoken with farmers, and they often say that while there has been help, there hasn't been sufficient help. Has the government done enough to support local farmers? So this is a a good
1: question, and and certainly I'm aware that agriculture is a, a huge component of life in the riding of Northumberland, Peterborough South. And I would definitely welcome the opportunity to talk to our farmers and to uh, get a sense of the challenges that they're facing. Uh, Their pressures are unique. And I think if you're not doing that job day to day, it's really hard for anybody outside to understand it. Um, So I would be more than happy to talk to any local farmers about what their feelings are in terms of way that they've been supported by the government and if given the opportunity i would be uh, really excited to advocate on on their behalf starting first with just listening to what their concerns are Um, as i mentioned at the outset i have uh, as a part of my law practice acted for uh, many local farmers particularly in terms of uh, succession planning and how to pass assets along so Um, I feel that I've got a good start on relationships with local farmers and I would really uh, be honoured to have an opportunity to talk more and and determine what supports they feel may be lacking and, and how we can fill
0: that hole. I know you're a small business owner and I'm sure you talk to many small business owners. What are they telling you and what are their concerns right now, especially in the context of the pandemic? I've felt uh,
1: speaking locally to folks is um, confusion over the lockdown and that's really a, a provincial thing but it seems there's frustration about why some uh, some areas are allowed to open and others don't of course everyone talks about golf courses and and why can't we play golf so I think what the struggle there has been is a lack of clarity in terms of um, why certain decisions have been made Um, and then i haven't really heard people complaining about the support that they've been provided i think it's more like okay we've made it thanks to the support that's been provided the programs that are available now we just want to know when can we open again and we want it to be consistent that's the message that i've heard um, around town
0: It's interesting you you raise the issue of communications and clarity with communications. Uh, I know that from the federal government, there has often been what some people might describe as confusing messaging uh, around a whole range of issues, everything from masks to um, vaccines and and how things are rolling out and and approvals and all this kind of thing. How do you rate the the government's, uh, the federal government's, Uh, ability to communicate clearly with the public over the pandemic? So I think it's the challenge lies in the way that our uh,
1: system works, of course, because we have all of these different levels that are working together or trying to work together, and so consistency is hard to build in. So you've got messaging from the federal government, messaging from the provincial government, messaging from the local governments, and the health units as well. So I don't really fault anybody if if those are not completely aligned. Um, I do remember back uh, when things first started, thinking to myself, wow, everybody is working together to solve this problem. There was sort of like this shining moment when all levels of government were working together. Over time, I think that we've seen that uh, falter a little bit at times. But ultimately, that would be the goal, of course, to get the same message coming from the top all the way down to the bottom. We don't live in a perfect world and everybody is is doing their best in a very difficult circumstance. Um, So again, I think we've got to forge ahead as best we can and and just try and get access to information. Uh, Certainly I've been making calls to uh, folks just to make sure that everybody is aware of where they can find information on the Government of Canada's website uh, so that there's at least some information getting out there about what supports
0: are available. I'd like to shift gears for just a moment and, and talk about an issue sort of pre-pandemic, but of, of grave importance, and that is affordable housing. Uh, there is in Northumberland County a 10-year waiting list for affordable housing. Yeah. Now, people who work in Northumberland can barely afford to live here, if at all. What are, your, what are you ready to do to address affordable housing in our area? Yeah, this is an
1: area I feel fairly passionate about. Um, I have, uh, through my work, been involved in a number of housing initiatives with Habitat for Humanity, with the County of Northumberland, so fairly familiar with the various programs that we have in, um, at the very least, the Northumberland County area. And um, first of all, I think we can be proud of the federal government for developing their national housing strategy and... Uh, working towards reducing homelessness and, and taking people off the list. That's perhaps cold comfort when you're sitting on a waiting list in Northumberland County to get a house. Um, again, I'm going to go back to the budget. We've There's been an extra $2.5 billion over seven years, um, and $1.5 billion of that is rapid housing initiative. So that's an effort to just very quickly get buildings built so people can get into homes. Um, One of the issues, of course, I'm seeing in my practice as a real estate lawyer, too, is that house prices in uh, people are moving from the city, and, and that's increasing prices up, up, up. And so, as you mentioned, people who are born and raised here can't afford to live here anymore, and that's just not that's not acceptable we need to find solutions to that so i think it's going to be a matter of accessing the funding that's being made available by the federal federal government and uh, leveraging that working with public and private partnerships to build uh, as much affordable housing as possible i'm encouraged by some of the stuff that's happening locally and uh, certainly i would be excited to be able to uh, work with the federal government to try and direct as much money this way as possible so that we can keep our citizens housed um, and at
0: home. Justin Trudeau has drawn criticism for some ethical questions that have been raised around his behavior and, and some of the things that he's found him situations that he's found himself in how big a problem for the party And for you as a candidate, do you think this is going to be in an election? So, I I mean, first of all, I
1: very recently there was a decision rendered that um, in terms of the the We Charity issue of last year, Justin Trudeau did not breach the Conflict of Interest Act. So at the outset, I would answer criticism with with that comment. Um, But at the fundamental level, I'm going to be asking uh, the citizens Writing to vote for me. And I'm going to be asking people who have grown up with me, who know me, who may have known my grandparents, or have heard of me through business, I'm going to be asking them to look at me, who I am, and what I can do for this riding. Um, I think if, if people can pick a person who they think is going to be their champion in the House of Commons, then uh, that's what's going to really make a fundamental difference in everyday lives, is, is whether we can achieve... Um, funding for this area what can I do as their representative so it's faced with criticism of the party and decisions of the leaders that will be um, what I'll ask uh, voters to come back to is this is me you went to high school with me you've known me through my work
0: Um, put your faith in me You've alluded to this a couple of times, but I think this is a good time to start to talk about yourself. Can you tell us a bit about who you are growing up and maybe how you became a lawyer? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to talk about that. Um,
1: so, I, as, as I've mentioned, I'm born and raised in Coburg. My dad was born and raised in Coburg. My grandparents came here from Toronto in the 1940s and built a motel on Highway 2. It used to be called the Orchard Grove Motel. There's a, still a business there today. Um, my mom's family are originally from Manitoba. They moved to Ottawa when my mom was uh, 11, I think, because my grandfather was in politics. He was executive assistant for a um, um, member of parliament, then the uh, Minister of Veterans Affairs. So, and, and to be fair, the politics goes further back a couple of generations as well. My great grandfather, John Dryden, was the Minister of Education in Manitoba and provincial treasurer for a time. So it's kind of in my blood. Um, So my parents met, they raised me in Coburg. I have one older brother. He lives in Dundas with his wife and kids. And I went to U of T for uh, my undergraduate degree, studied English, literature, and French. And then I went off to Montreal to pursue my law degree. The interesting thing about Montreal law, um, McGill law, is that you get two degrees you earn a Bachelor of Common Law and a Bachelor of Civil civil Law. So I would have had the opportunity to practice in Quebec if I had chosen to do that. Instead, I came back to Toronto, and I worked uh, in intellectual property litigation for about seven years. I was particularly working in the pharmaceutical field. The firm I worked for uh, did most of our work for pharmaceutical companies. And then I was just feeling kind of unfulfilled. I liked my work, I was meeting with success, but I just, there was something missing and I think it was community engagement. I wasn't that involved in my community and I felt the best way to achieve that would be to come back to a small town. Um, Now of course the market for, uh, you know, high-tech pharmaceutical litigators in Coburg, Ontario, is not that great. So I uh, decided I needed to change total course. As happenstance, Just by coincidence, a family friend was retiring, and so I was able to take over his uh, general practice. So I've been here ever since. That was in 2012 that I took over his practice. And I've been working, um, doing real estate transactions, wills, estates, uh, corporate work uh, in, in Coburg. And quite happily doing that, it gave me the opportunity, of course, to get more involved in the community, sitting on boards. Uh, being involved in the United Church, all of the things that I felt were missing. Um, so then the politics is, in some ways, a natural progression, given my background, um, but it really it, it comes from that feeling that there's more in me. I'm ready to take my skills to the next level, and this just seemed like a perfect fit for me, and, and I'm really excited about uh, having the opportunity to, to do this work.
0: Can you tell us a bit about your family?
1: Oh, yes, of course. Um, So I got married when I came back to Coburg. Uh, I always joke that when I left Toronto, everyone said, don't move to Coburg, you'll never meet a man. So within about a week, I had met the man who is now my husband. Um, His name is Todd Davis, and many people know Todd's parents because they owned uh, the Oasis Bar and Grill on the main street of Coburg. And that was a local favorite restaurant for many years for many people. So... He's uh, got strong roots in this community as well. Todd has a son named Noah from his previous marriage, and we have Noah with us half the time. Noah is just about 15. And then Todd and I had a son together in 2015, Peter, and uh, he's five and a half, going on 15 as well.
0: (laughs) What challenges have you faced in your life that have shaped the person who you are today?
1: So I... I'm not going to sugarcoat, I'm not going to lie, I have had a very privileged background. I'm very aware of the fact that I came from very loving parents, we had enough food, we had enough money, and I was able to do the things that I wanted to do in life. So my challenges have really been, they've come at moments when I've been at a crossroads. So i I it's sort of like every time I make a big change in my life, it's because I'm struggling uh, with direction. So I think when I was in Toronto and I was feeling the need to to do something more, it caused me to really look at um, what was missing in my life, what was important to me to identify my values. And those are moments of, of difficulty, you know. I wasn't happy for a period of time and I had to really look myself in the mirror and say, what is not working in my life? And that was uh, what pushed me to do something more with with what I had to give. I said, I'm, you know, was, what I realized was I was missing community, and so that was it. Was not an easy time in my life. I couldn't. It took me a while to find my path. But once I found it, things fell into place. And I kind of came to a similar crossroads recently, and I was looking for, you know, how can I do more, and, and really looking at what was important. in the moment but for me they've always resulted in me finding the next course so again for that i'm happy that that's how it's worked out
0: for me who are the people who are most influential in your life day to day
1: My dad was a funeral director in Coburg for a number of years and later a real estate agent. And they have been hugely influential for me, primarily because um, they are also people who didn't settle in their lives. Both of them went back to school uh, mid-career because they felt that they needed to be doing something more. So that was an example for me. There was a year, it was the year I graduated from, university, and all four members of my immediate family graduated from post-secondary education in the same year. And to me, that was um, just so inspirational to see my parents, you know, they raised kids, they did their jobs, and they said, this is not working, we're ready to do something else. And that's what I've tried to model in my own life, constantly saying, pushing myself, what could I be doing more with my life? I've got these talents, I have these skills, What's the next direction? And um, I, I owe that to them because that's what they did in their lives. And certainly that would be something that I would want to model for my own kids and and for others as well.
0: Who are your political mentors?
1: Political mentors? That's an interesting question. Um, I am... Do you mean personally? like who, Or just people that I've observed?
0: I mean personally.
1: So I'm going to... I want to talk here for a moment. I'm glad I have this opportunity to mention Kim Rudd. Um, Kim is the reason that I'm doing this. Kim, uh, I said this before, I'll say it again, she poured her heart and soul into this community, and it's her example that will guide me in terms of uh, you know, how I advocate on behalf of the community and, and uh, how I champion the people of Northumberland, Peterborough South going forward. Kim, I'm very happy to say is going to help me with this she's very much active and uh will be i think my number one cheerleader going forward so i think at this point i i really owe a lot of out to kim and a a huge debt of gratitude because she kind of charted this course for me and, and i'm so thrilled
0: now beyond locally who are some of your political heroes could you maybe give us one or two people who inspire you in the bigger picture yeah somebody that i
1: have been observing uh for for quite a while actually is christian freeland i had an opportunity last night to attend um a a virtual session that she was giving on the budget and um i'm i'm really impressed with the way that she has uh, stepped into her role and advocated on behalf of canada on a global stage um, on a very personal level, she's a mom, you know, she you see pictures of her with her kids and she seems to be striking a really great balance between, and, and she said this last night on the call, she said, yes, I've done these things, yes, this is all really important, the budget is so important to me, but the most important thing are my kids, and that struck a chord with me because I'm looking for role models as I chart out into this world of people who... Have uh, achieved success and are respected politically but haven't had to sacrifice uh, that other side and that's something I'll be frank that was one of the big concerns I had going into this my son is five years old and I just I don't want to not be around to be his mom and so seeing women in, in positions where they can um, do, be good parents and be involved in their children's life is really inspiring
0: What are the biggest challenges facing you going into the election?
1: So I think um, one thing is timing. We don't know when it's going to happen, so uh, we need to prepare because it could happen tomorrow for all we know. So one thing is simply getting the team organized and getting myself positioned. I don't have the benefit of having done this before. Uh, I have great uh, expertise guiding me along the way, but for me it's, it's the first time I've, I've done something like this. So it's a steep learning curve. Uh, now I've tackled steep learning curves before too, so I'm, I'm confident that we can do it. So that's going to be one of the things for sure. Um, getting to know everybody in the riding is going to be another challenge as well. Uh, the Conservative MP has been here for four years, so he's got a head start on me. That doesn't mean I'm not going to catch up. I'm, I'm really anxious to get to know as many people as possible and that leads me to the next biggest challenge which is of course we can't go to we, we may not be able to go door to door we don't know at this point so we're having to sort of figure out how can I meet people how can people get to know who I am and what I stand for when it's all going to have to be potentially through a, a video screen dealing with the unknown is going to be a real a real challenge uh, in terms of
0: planning. just don't know what we'll be allowed to do. Alison Lester, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh,
1: it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me and hopefully we'll be able to do it again at some point in the future.
0: That was Alison Lester, the newly selected federal liberal candidate for Northumberland, Peterborough South. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today.